Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spurs Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Finger here with Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne in our roundtable format. We've got uh, it's one of the down months in the NBA season, but we've got some uh, interesting tidbits to talk about, including a schedule and some Team USA. And uh, just to start out, I want to remind everybody to uh, check out our coverage at expressnews.com and sign up for our free gratis no cost to you spurs nation newsletter you can sign up for free and get all of our stuff every day and i know you guys are going to be into that um topic number one for the week let's talk about the schedule uh they're playing every team in the nba this year um not sure if anybody's surprised by that but every team in the nba is on the schedule at least twice so what do you think that let's, let's guess their record uh, the record of uh, the the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's guess the record. That's fun. Everyone likes that. <laughs> We're just gonna <laughs> dive right into it, huh? <laughs> let's go game by game, <laughs> win loss, win loss. Figure out their record. That sounds like uh, one of the worst podcasts of all time, <laughs> uh, which would unseat one of our previous podcasts. <laughs> um, what? It, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what, uh, Tom? Since you're actually taking this somewhat seriously. What jumps out at you at the brand new Spurs schedule? Well, we talked um, in our previous uh, podcast, maybe one or two back, we talked about that first month of the season, the early schedule and how important it would be for this team given the uh, the uh, toughness of the, the Western Conference and so many improvements there. And you know, right off the bat, they've got they've got the Clippers, uh, they've got the Lakers, they've got Golden State. Of course, Golden State isn't the Golden State we've known over the years. But you know, one good thing is you got the Clippers with Paul George hurt um, yeah. after the shoulder surgery. He's out probably the first six weeks of the season. Um, you get the Lakers early. Um, you know, while they're still trying to gel with Anthony Davis and LeBron, getting to know each other. But they play those two teams twice in the first 20 games. So right off the bat, um, you know, you've got a, you've got, you can gauge yourself against them and you're getting them at the right time. And also, I think, like, this, despite those names on the early, uh, early season schedule, when we talked about them wanting to pad some wins early, I, I think the schedule kind of works out in their, in their favor that way. There's a lot of winnable games in that first month and a half. I mean, just starting off the bat with New York and Washington is helpful. You've got Atlanta in there. Um, you know, a lot of, non, a lot of non-playoff Memphis, teams. Minnesota. A lot of Eastern Conference teams. Uh, the, the schedule definitely um, gets harder, more difficult, at least on paper, as, as, the, as the season goes along. And I think, I mean, I think that's kind of what you want if you're a team in the Spurs position. And to recap uh, what Tom was referencing earlier as to why, and th- this sounds so cliche, is to get off to a good start. I mean, Pop, that's the kind of thing that Pop loves when people say how important it is to get off to a good start. But the reason that's an issue this year for this team is because you would figure, as we talked about before, that 
a team with the continuity that the Spurs have have an advantage in the early, early going. Early. Yes. So you might as well make as much of that early advantage as you can because it could be, as you said, it, it could get tougher as the season goes by. So um, let's say we were joking earlier about a record, but let's say it's going to take 47, 48 wins to get into the playoffs. In the first half, you might need to win, what, 28, 29, 30, you know, because the second half's going to get tougher. So to, to get to that 48, maybe you need to win the most of them in the first half. And I think, um, again, it's, it seems kind of ridiculous to analyze a, a schedule game by game this far out, but, but this is conducive to that type of early run. Yes. But can we talk about the rodeo trip? Um, that could be where a lot of things go to die. That's, that's I think that's like the a way. torture yeah. under the Geneva Convention. There, there, there are two ways to look at that. On the one hand, um, it, it just looks nightmarish and like they could lose every game. But another way to look at it is if those are the games you're going to lose anyway throughout the course of the season, just get them all out of the way in the, in, on the rodeo road trip and, and do well everywhere else. I, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but it seems like you're going to lose some games – that are going to be tough regardless of when they happen. And if you want to package them all together on the rodeo road trip um, and just survive the rest of the season, that might be a way to go. I mean, they went two and six on the rodeo trip last year and, and got it together after that. I mean, even if they go two and six on this one, um, maybe that's okay. Run, run through the games for people who don't have the skills. Uh, you are at, it's a weird rodeo trip for two reasons. One, I, I don't know that I've, they've ever had one that has zero Eastern Conference teams on it. Yeah. So that's one reason. The other reason is it's, it's split. It's, usually it's pretty bisected or dissected by, by the uh, All-Star break, and that cut is a little off this year. But before the All-Star break, you are at the Los Angeles Clippers. You are at the Los Angeles back Lakers. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. You are at Portland, so that's all playoff teams so far. You're at Sacramento, who was in the playoff mix until the end of the year last year and may very well be this year. You're at Denver, who was the two-seed last year. In the break. Um, uh, no, you have one more game, and uh, thankfully, you get to go to Oklahoma City, which, I mean, I think after losing Russell Westbrook, uh, maybe they're not a playoff team this year, but I still don't think that is going to be a cupcake kind of game. Then you get the All-Star break, thank goodness, and then it's just two games after the All-Star break, which is weird. But you're at Utah, where I think the Spurs really lost by 50 at one point last year. And then you're back at Oklahoma City, which is that's the third reason this is a weird rodeo trip, is you're playing the same team twice on it, which doesn't happen all that really, often. Really, and, and I realize the rodeo trip, um, that uh, nomenclature um, kind of encompasses the whole thing of while the rodeo is going on. But another way to look at it is those first five, six games that you're talking about, that's, that's the trip. Yes. Yes. The, the, then, the, then the All-Star break. Then it's just a regular two-game trip then that you take in any other And it's 10 days off for the, road, for the All-Star right. break. Right. It was a little different back in the day where you basically just got a long right. weekend yeah. and you're back at it. So, right. so really what we're talking about is those, is those games before the break. The one after the break, it's just a regular two-game trip that you take over and over throughout the course of sure. the season. Sure. But the, the nomenclature still right. holds. Let's keep using that term, nomenclature. Yes. And then you get beyond that, you get to the, the latter part of the season when it could come down to you know, clinching the playoffs. They kind of have, a, they kind of have yeah, another exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one, two, three, five. four, five. five. Um, several tough teams. And once again, it's at, this is in March. This is in March, beginning on March 24th. But you're at Utah, at Minnesota, at Denver, at Golden State, at, at Sacramento. And it kind of feels like if you're hanging by a thread going into that trip and it goes poorly, it's going to be a little difficult to dig out of it. 
Um, their their final five games uh, at Houston, Philadelphia, Houston. If you're battling for a playoff spot, then uh, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's going to be dicey. That's that's why we said to begin with the yeah. the, the first couple of months are so key to get out to a big uh, to to, to kind of create a cushion for yourself and and build up a lead that may not last forever in terms of the playoff seating. One thing that I am shocked consistently over the years um, that people are uh, that interested in um, us um, and the way that the sausage is made. Like, we are some of the most uninteresting people in the world. But the schedule coming out meant that that you two guys kind of split them up. And I'm just curious, Tom, did you feel like Jeff? Because Jeff is the... Uh, the the nomenclature Jeff is the <laughs> Jeff is the lead beat writer, the and he, yeah, and you're you're the backup, even though you're you're not a backup in any other sense of the word. I mean, you were. I would you start were star. for other franchises. You start for other franchises, <laughs> exactly. So the way this goes, and people might be interested or bored to death about nobody's this. interested. I, in I think I think ahead. they are. Jeff got to pick his games, and 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 Tom got what seventeen of the forty one uh, road trips. I think we're eighteen. of the. Do your, do your research, Finger. 18 of the 41 road games are going to Tommy O, and I'm curious if Tom feels slighted or if he got a no, fair shake in all. terms of what he got. Not at all. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I mean, you're lucky this room, uh, I mean, lucky yeah. this room is padded with eggshells um, or there'd be some, some throwdowns going on. I've been all over. I, I find enjoyment in the Oklahoma cities and, yeah, and yes. uh, uh, Minneapolis's as much as I do the other places. But, you know, uh, Jeff is always very generous. Uh, I've got an L.A. trip off the bat. Living it up on South Beach, Miami. I'm very Miami. fond of, of so L.A. Sure Just make sure you make shoot around the next morning. After all those morning. years at Cowboys training camp. Uh, yeah, Miami, a little beach time there. Um, did, you, did you end up getting a D.C. trip? D.C. Yeah. trip DC, was obtained. Yes. Yeah. Tom loves yes. D.C. Yes. And he let you go all international this year, too, didn't he? Yes. Or, or, or maybe, I don't know if let was the well, right word, I, but you're, I, you're doing both Toronto and Mexico City. I knew uh, Toronto would come my way after how things shook out over the offseason. So. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, no, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and while we're on this subject, just in terms of um, uh, beat writer – Logistics. How does this? We already talked about how the schedule schedule uh, uh, kind of suits the Spurs. How does it suit you guys? Is, is there any? Is there any parts that you're dreading? Well, there was one weird. Like if I was doing the whole trip, it would be. It's a bizarre trip, just just geographically. But Boston, Boston, Memphis, Toronto, Miami is a weird trip for the San Antonio Spurs. Boston, Memphis, Toronto, Miami. That is. Weird. That doesn't make it's a weird. whole lot of. Uh, now now we now we have now we have we are we have wisely carved that in half. But even then, like he's doing Toronto, Miami, which almost is kind of that almost seems fun to yeah. me. Like, yeah. like just the two extremes. Ice, ice and fire. Yeah. Yeah. Ice and fire. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, I'm not sure how many people are interested in that at all, but uh, people. If you're still listening, that that seems as kudos fascinating kudos. to me as uh, how important it is for the Spurs to get off to a good start. Um, speaking of travel, I got a trip uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to Team USA training camp, and I guess that's another topic for the summer is pop at training camp. Derek White uh, making a move where he could be part of this Team US, USA uh, experience all the way through. And just to throw this out there, I mean, that, that so many uh, NBA stars have turned this team down, and there, there are perfectly legitimate reasons for that. I mean, the, 
the the idea of rest and um, um, kind of pacing uh, an athlete's body for a whole NBA season that's gaining more traction than ever and 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 players don't want to put themselves through that. This World Cup is going to be in China. It's not as quite as glamorous as the Olympics next year. So you can see why some some players are backing out of it. But uh, the experience that Derek White is getting from this and just the uh, amount of confidence that he's getting, I think it could be really huge for him. Um, not only in his personal career, but but for the Spurs and and just the way he kind of makes that leap next year. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on 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 Derek and uh, anything else Team USA you want to throw out there. Well, you 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 witnessed it firsthand. I was just following from afar on on the Twitter and the television. But it seems like he had a really he was one of those guys that kind of rocketed up the the his stock rose as as camp went along. Just the way he performed on both ends of the floor, and I think that's why you saw him sort of get to stick around through Los Angeles and uh, the, the Los Angeles portion of the of the training camp and, and you know, have a chance to make that final 12-man roster and go to China. Just I, I, I think sort of what we saw from Derek last year during the season, once he got his feet under him, he just started to – you saw that confidence grow game by game by game to the point where he's scoring 36 in a playoff game. I think maybe you're seeing the continuation of that um, – in Vegas and, and this summer with Team USA. I think he makes it. Um, and yeah. that's yeah. Not, not not because Pop's the coach. I mean, that's the easy thing to say. I think it's nepotism. Yeah, right. Nepotism. But I think he's earned it. Um, and, and his skills fit that team. I mean, defense is always important with a Pop coach team. And, and in international play, it's very important. So I think he makes it on his own merit. And you can't, as you mentioned, you can't really put a price tag on what this does for yeah. his confidence and how much confidence means when you get to the NBA season. Like if he's had a good summer against these kind of this kind of competition, what that means when you put the ball in his hands um, and the games start to count in the NBA. One, one fun thing about covering that training camp is the access is great. You can talk to everybody, and there's coaches from all over the NBA. There's college coaches there. There's retired coaches there. So you're able to kind of – have conversations with people and as as a lot of those people pointed out to me one natural reason why Derek uh was comfortable is because he's the guy that had already played for pop so a lot of the stuff they were running you know he had that built-in advantage but even that being said there was that the first day that the select team which is basically the JV scrimmaged against the varsity the media wasn't allowed to see that whole thing but I had multiple people uh, not just San Antonio people, but multiple people tell me that Derek was the best player on the floor that day. And uh, then we were allowed to watch more of the one the next day, and he was just he he he. I, the re, the reviews weren't as raving about his entire scrimmage, but the part that we saw. I mean, it, it, he comes on the court and it's assist, assist, uh, layup, layup, jumper, jumper. He he's playing with an immense amount of confidence. And, and whether or not he's there, the Spurs starting point guard next year or how he kind of fits with DeJounte Murray, this is going to pay off big time for him. And uh, again, everybody goes through their, their big weeks and maybe he's not going to, he's not the best player in the NBA or the best player at training camp. But the fact that he's hanging with those guys, it, it bodes well, I think. How's Pop doing out there? I, did, did, I don't think he took this gig thinking he's going to be coaching Bam Adebayo and Derek White and yeah, De'Aaron yeah. Fox, and, and he and, says he, you know, he coaches the team that's in front of him. It, it, summer Pop, as as you guys both know, is, is yes. the best Pop in terms of his mood and demeanor and stuff like that. And, and he seemed um, kind of excited about the challenge. Steve Kerr uh, told me that Pop seemed just reinvigorated by the whole thing. And in terms of of 
having to to coach backups and or not necessarily backups but second choices and third choices that's kind of been his whole career <laughs> yeah. sort of up his alley yeah. yeah so i mean, I it, I mean it, and i wrote this earlier this summer a couple of weeks ago but um for as much as he's wanted to coach that team for so long um maybe he's actually better suited to coach this team where it, they required a, some coaching up I mean, some yeah. some guys who aren't necessarily first team All NBA or All Stars. He, he, this is the perfect team for him to take into a competition like this. That's not to say that it won't be a huge flop and that USA will get the bronze or whatever. But um, I, I think that he likes this challenge. He likes guys who want to play for him, and like the PJ Tuckers. Just PJ PJ's a guy who just like I've always wanted to play for Pop, and then I couldn't wait to play for this guy, and and. Maybe he'll never sign here or never play for him in the NBA, but for a lot of these veteran guys and, and even younger guys, it's their chance to play for um, you know, the winningest NBA coach of all time. And I think everybody who's there is getting the right amount of enjoyment from it and, and is into it um, uh, the right amount. And uh, if it's not, it doesn't have the star power of you know LeBron and Russ and Steph and James Harden. Um, at least the, the guys who are part of it are, are getting something out of it. Don't they play Spain this week? I think in LA. Yeah. That yes. that'll be a good measuring stick for them, I yeah. would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the I, from what I've been able to gather, the the two biggest threats are supposed to be Serbia and Spain. Yeah. So and and those are units that have played together for a long time. Not necessarily like the old Manu Argentina teams that grew yeah. up together, but they've spent a whole lot more time together than this group of assorted. Motley NBA guys. And then it's so, on to Australia. And then it's on to Australia. Where Patty Mills had invited Tom Orsborn to come to Australia to witness this, and Tom's not going to be able to make it, I don't think. Not enough, <laughs> not enough air miles, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and then from Australia to China. So it's it's a heck of a summer, and you can see why players might not have wanted to be a part of that, spend commit more than a month, basically, to all this travel and, and, and competition. And this might be the best. I've been reading. I'm no expert on this by any means, but Australia is supposed to have a pretty good squad this year, too. Yeah. So I think early on you're going to see they're going to get a feel for where they're at and what challenges lay ahead. Um, there's there's the question that a, that a couple of reporters who were out there had asked, Pop, why are you even doing this? You have nothing to prove. But, I mean, he's always wanted to do this. Um and I mean, he loves the challenge, and and you know he's been involved in it for a couple of years now. This this was the first really event where he was uh, coaching front and center. But uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who's kind of handled the select team for him, Van Gundy uh, coached the team that had to go through the qualifiers for the World Cup, and he said that Pop's been very active in terms of checking in with him, and and you know he went and visited a couple of their practices in Houston last year, and. You know, uh, Pops even told us throughout the year he thinks about lineups throughout the course of an NBA season and thinks about coaching Team USA. So he's very much into this, and it's it's totally understandable why he'd want to be a part of it, even without, you know, LeBron. You made mention of this in your in in a column very recently about the 1972 team. Yeah. Yeah. When he got cut by Bobby Knight, and uh, we did a few years back, we did a really in-depth look at Pop's career. And, and I wrote that portion of it. And I remember, you know, the guys that were on that team and, and the, the other people that were involved with it uh, were very shocked that that happened because of yeah. his experience in Eastern Europe against yeah. the Russians yeah. with the AAU squad that he captained in an exhibition tour. I think that's rankled him for, for sure. to for this sure. day. And he even – so um, 
A couple of things on that. So uh, I, I, the first day in Vegas, I wrote about how he's always wanted to do this, even though he doesn't admit it. He came out and said, this is, this is not a job that you ever want. It's something that's kind of given to you when uh, I'll, I, I serve when called, that type of thing. By the next day, uh, the next day's media scrum, more reporters were asking him about that type of thing. And he kind of motions to me and says, you know, he, he asked me this yesterday, and it's, it's, it's not that I didn't want to be an Olympian. Of course, I wanted to be an Olympian in 1972. Uh, well, I very much wanted to be part of that team. And, and, and the other note on that is uh, Bob Knight was his, the coach of his team at the, um, what is it, the Olympic trials. Uh, Henry Iba was the main coach. And, and Pop kind of let Knight off the hook the other day saying, you know, it wasn't Knight's final call. He was just the guy who told me, you know, that I, I wasn't uh, – I probably wasn't going to make the team, but it, it would be, kind of be like uh, night that in '72 was the Jeff Van Gundy of that group, and Henry Iba was the pop. So it wasn't, even though Knight is the guy who went up to Pop and said, "You're not going to make the team." Knight, we can kind of let him off the hook in terms of saying Knight did not actually cut Greg Popovich. But to your point, he wanted to be part of that team. I think he was Thomas leading. Henderson was the guy who yeah. asked yeah. him out. He was uh, Pop. Pop led the as Olympic far as trial the roster spot. Right, right, right. Pop led the Olympic trials in field goal percentage. Yeah, uh, yeah. He yeah. he had been the captain of the armed services team. I believe they did an extensive tour in the Czech Rep- Czechoslovakia back then, Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was well versed even then in international basketball. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's any any time we talk about pop, people are interested. I think just like I mean that's what that's what I've grown to 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 learn from from Twitter and dealing with reader emails and stuff. They want to know about Jeff McDonald's travel schedule, <laughs> <laughs> and they want to know about pop. Um, we are hitting heading into uh, right smack dab the middle of August right now, and this is typically the time when absolutely nothing happens. Um, but well, you just jinxed it. Thank you. Uh, up until uh, training camp starts, what, last week of September? Yes. Yes. So what conceivably could there be to look for over the next month? DeMar DeRozan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, just a little housekeeping. DeJounte Murray got cleared medically. I don't think that's a surprise no, to anyone, but right. Right. Uh, another hurdle for him that's been passed. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think things should be quiet. Uh, well, you said, well, you said DeMar DeRozan, well, well, so you well, might as well just, just flesh just that to out. Recap that the the they the Spurs have not yet offered him an extension. He's got another year left. He's entering the final year of his deal, uh, but um, they have not ruled out offering it to him. And something that recently came up um, from Bobby Marks at ESPN. I think they actually have longer to make that offer to him than we thought. Oh, do they? Oh, do they? I think they have until. All the way through this season to offer, so they so they could actually go into this season not offering him that extension and offer it to him in November or December, and that's according to to Bobby Marks of ESPN. So we, so I will attribute that. And I, guess, and I guess the thinking is if if he gets through the year and goes into free agency, um, next year's free agency class is pretty much a barren wasteland, and he might be. Star, I mean, that'll be one of the stars. He'll be one of the stars, and and and. Yeah. yeah, harder to resign right. maybe. So if right. if you decide that you want to have him around, and they very much like having him around uh, from everything that that we've been told, so um, that that's that's the question that will probably um, linger over future podcasts, and we will have a future podcast. Are you sure, are you sure there's going to be future podcasts after we've 
bored everyone to tears with I think schedule this, and travel I think schedule. This might be and, our most popular podcast you so. ever. You think so? They're gonna people right, are gonna demand a separate podcast, weekly updates just on the restaurants that Tom Orsborne likes to dine at on the road in all of these cities. Do you want my, and do you want my like, no uh, one, city, no. by, city by city rankings of the Buffalo Wild Wings? Exactly. That's city? why I, would, I said Tom Horsborn and not Jeff McDonald. <laughs> we, uh, but anyway, Detroit, Detroit's kind of iffy, you know, but the one in Orlando's all right. Anyway, we, uh, we, covered, there will, we covered this last week, but, uh, you know, I've heard a heck of a lot. The big buzz about the Spurs this uh, offseason since the announcement has been about Duncan. Yeah. I mean, more people yeah. have come up to me and said, so what do you think about that? Do you think he could coach the team someday? No. Will it be him, Becky, what? You know, why did he do this? You know, and they're really excited about it. They, they love it. I guess we should have talked more about that. <laughs> People oh, love Tim Duncan. Yeah. People love all I, can, all I can think of is, there. well, there's one assistant coach. I'll never exactly. get it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the short answer to will Duncan ever be the head coach is absolutely right. not. Right. Like, I would bet because? a lot. Because you, you can't hire a coach that you're not willing to fire. Yep. Yep. Uh, th- there's other reasons than that. Like Tim doesn't want that job. Tim's not going to be the head coach. But there is no way the Spurs ever ever will s- s- hire uh, Tim Duncan to be their head coach because virtually every NBA head coach eventually gets fired, and you cannot fire Tim Duncan from the San Antonio Spurs. So let's nip that in the bud. Anyway, uh, our time is wrapping up. We will have future podcasts. They will. Uh, we will have another one probably within the next couple of weeks. Until then. Sign up for that absolutely free Spurs Nation uh, newsletter. Go to expressnews.com for our Spurs coverage. And uh, until the next time, take care of each other and keep it real.